Jesus Bible and Current Events from a Christian Perspective, Battling Spiritual Wickedness in High Places, One Podcast at a Time. This is the High Places Podcast. This is Jim. We're back again. Uh, sorry again, it's been another week. Been a lot going on. Uh, we have a, just a backlog of podcasts to do now. There's so much going on uh, all the time these days. Government shutdown, uh, government reopening, more and more candidates running for president, uh, socialism slash Marxism uh, taking root uh, in the uh, in the country and in the upcoming elections. So lots of stuff to talk about um, moving forward. But today I was going to cover something that has been in the news, the uh, Covington Catholic High School. And um, I'm sure I, I won't rehash the whole uh, story. I'm going to assume that um, people know what I'm talking about with this. Uh, but I, And I'm not going to get into all the back and forth on race and all these other things that uh, people want to kind of rat hole about. There, there's an interesting component of this, though, that I think is important for Christians moving forward in this country. And it's just kind of the mechanics of how this story happened. Uh, initially, it was um, a picture and a um, well-edited video clip uh, taken out of context, and then someone's, as it turns out, someone's lies about what had actually happened. Um, we live in an age where everybody's got a video camera on their phones that they carry around with them. So it's funny to me that people try to, that will get on camera in front of, uh, like a national news media camera and lie when they almost certainly have to know that there are people around them that were videotaping the same incident. And the spokesperson for the person who lied about this, um, their group that was videoing this thing and trying to, as the activist industry does, um, they're always looking for publicity, and it's always to push their point of view, their narrative, their propaganda. Um, and so, obviously, this is going to come with a tinge. And really, they're, um, if they can get other people to buy into it, you know, all the better. But they're kind of uh, feeding red meat to their followers in the hopes of getting more support, more money, uh, more power by uh, being able to turn out groups of people uh, to do other activist things. And then um, for those who are familiar with the Frankfurt School, this goes hand in hand with the uh, divide and conquer uh, approach of that school of thought of uh, neo-Marxists uh, trying to divide the country into different groups and then pit them against one another so that someone can come in as a quote-unquote uniter and offer to solve all these problems if just given more and more control over aspects of everybody's life. So, uh, so there's all those things. Uh, that play into this. But the mechanics of the reporting were uh, particularly interesting to me um, because the mainstream media, the liberal media, um, really ran with this um, because it fit their narrative. And so this is this is how you know, if you look at this episode, um, uh, you know, in addition to the fake news and all this other stuff, I, I mean, people can uh, talk about that. Um, but I, I don't know that any of this is particularly accidental. Um, 
there are these quote-unquote news organizations um, that put out this information that even though they get caught time and time again uh, making up these things, people still listen to them and they're still influenced by them um, because it's these organizations, these uh, media oligarchs that determine what information people are given access to through the most prominent, easily accessed channels. And so they still have power, even though people know they're lying. Uh, but it's interesting because, um, and this is how you know it's propaganda, because uh, it certainly is an investigative journalism, because there was just a lie, a rumor, a picture, an edited video, and it was immediately disseminated uh, throughout the country. So much so that politicians, um, celebrities... Uh, couldn't wait to get on this, uh, and others in positions of, of power felt the need to respond immediately to all of this stuff. Again, because it furthered their agenda. And so you literally, and if you stand back and look at some of the reaction, it was extraordinary because we're talking about, technically we're talking about minors, um, that these things were, uh, that these attacks were focused on. And I, there were famous people calling for these, um, you know, these young people to be physically assaulted, punched in the face. Can you imagine if someone with a different perspective, a different political viewpoint, um, advocated violence against minors? Uh, we see all the hand-wringing about, uh, you know, minors uh, in caravans trying to come across the border and uh, things that are happening there. And the sympathy towards those miners who, um, by no fault of their own, were dragged into this, uh, to that event um, by their parents. But at the same time, these same voices are advocating violence against the miners from this Catholic school. I mean, that's extraordinary, really. People called them evil, evil, for um, this one young man for doing what exactly? And that's, the again, the interesting part. Standing silently, smiling, while someone banged a drum inches from his face. Inches from his face. In fact, even some of the shots, it looks like the thing was resting on his shoulder almost. Can you imagine if someone came up to you, put a drum on your shoulder and started banging it, swinging the little drum mallet, like right in front of your face, and was saying stuff to you. So... um you know, praise God for this uh, kid's uh, composure, because uh, he wasn't—he wasn't baited into. Obviously, again, the the activist industry always wants confrontation, because then they can edit the video, cut out the part where they provoked the confrontation, and claim victimhood, which is the penultimate uh, thing that one can be in the United States these days. Victimhood has surpassed sainthood uh, in this country. Um, and the media loves conflict because conflict is the essence of drama. And so you get eyeballs and ratings and click-throughs and things like that. Um, so uh, so the, the crime that was committed here, this evil deed, was standing silently, um, smiling. And so not taking the bait. So activists want to provoke a response. Their supporters want to provoke a response. And when someone shows the maturity to not respond, it's an affront 
because then they can't continue with their standard narrative um, uh, and, and, and have some sort of video to back up the narrative. Um, but in this case, that didn't actually stop them because once the truth came out that these kids were standing there waiting for a bus being just uh, verbally assaulted by a third group who was, um, you know, hurling racial slurs at them, homosexual slurs at minors, a group of adults um, doing this, threatening them uh, with um, violent acts. Um, and then this uh, American Indian group uh, hurling racial slurs, uh, saying that white people should uh, go back to Europe where they came from. Imagine saying that to any other group. So it's funny because um, the principle that uh, all the activists and people that commented uh, about this episode afterward were invoking was this idea of, you know, anti-bigotry. They shouldn't allow bigotry and hatred. Well, it turns out that the bigotry, the racial slurs, and the homosexual slurs actually came from the other groups. And then you didn't hear any criticism of those groups for their racist comments, their bigoted comments. And so isn't that amazing? So you have these principles of non-bigotry invoked when the narrative was that these Catholic kids, um, and just to be clear, yes, they were wearing Donald Trump hats. And uh, just for the record, as I've mentioned before, I did not vote for Donald Trump. Um, so, uh, yes, the, the hats uh, uh, obviously made them a target, but the uh, black group that was hurling uh, these insults at them uh, were also commenting on their Catholicism. And so one can, you know, talk about whether Catholics or Christians or Christians and Catholics are the same thing, but to the unbelieving world, they do lump uh, Catholics and Protestants or evangelicals all together under a Christian umbrella. Um, so they were being attacked for that as well. And so when the narrative said that it was that group, that Catholic Trump supporting group that was doing this, well, then all of a sudden, you know, anti-bigotry is the principle that we're standing on. When it was revealed that it was the other groups, the group of adults, the group of adult activists who were actually hurling the bigoted comments, all of a sudden, nobody said anything about those principles anymore. I didn't see one person from the mainstream liberal activist propaganda media calling any of those adults bigots or saying that sort of uh, hatred shouldn't be permissible, uh, or talking about division and all these other things. They used word words like complicated and full picture, uh, but nobody is, so it, it's, um, yeah. So once again, uh, one can see that there are no principles involved. It's simply propaganda. 
There was no investigative journalism. There wasn't even reporting. There wasn't even reporting of facts. There was perpetuating a narrative. And so that's how you know it's propaganda. This is like the Soviet Union. This is Pravda. This is TASS. This is North Korea. Um, there's a narrative, and then one puts out images uh, that support the narrative. And if the facts or the truth doesn't support the narrative, then those things are suppressed. The amazing thing to me is that even after the truth was discovered, these activists still kept going. They doubled down on this. The guy that was banging the drum said, he was asked if um, these kids should apologize. And he said, yes, they should apologize. And of course, the quote-unquote reporter uh, didn't bother to ask him what exactly they should apologize for, not taking the bait, not reciprocating in kind. They should apologize for smiling. They should apologize for standing silently while they were being verbally accosted. Um, I don't know. But the fact that, that the person um, who uh, was heading this American Indian group, who was banging this drum, who had lied to the media, who actually has a history of lying to the media, uh, as it turns out, um, he was doubling down. He was on television again saying that they should apologize to him. And people aired this, and they didn't question him about this. And so now is when you know you're in this kind of neverland where truth is irrelevant. Truth is irrelevant. The only thing that matters is the narrative. And so the narrative for him, the next step is to demand their apology. Uh, he wanted to go talk to them and talk about forgiveness, and he wanted to educate them on tolerance and acceptance. <laughs> Again, as though they were the ones who were being bigoted rather than the people from his group that were telling white people to go back to Europe where they came from. It seems if he was going to lecture anybody on tolerance, he might want to turn around and talk to his own people. But that isn't the narrative. And so he just continued with the narrative, playing out the narrative, and the propaganda media gave him a platform and continued to push that narrative as well, despite the facts. So that should be chilling. And here's where it affects Christians. Because this sort of thing happens to Christians around the world. Look at what happens in Pakistan. Look at what happens in Muslim countries uh, where uh, in Southeast Asia where uh, Christians are accused of violating blasphemy laws, saying bad things about Muhammad or the Quran, and they're imprisoned, and they're brought up on charges, uh, and their lives are threatened, and not based on anything factual, but based on a narrative, based on propaganda. And so this is persecution, and it's been going on for 2,000 years around the world. It goes on today around the world. Christians are having to deal with this stuff all the time. The truth doesn't matter. They're not going to get justice from their government, from their legal system, from their society. Um, and so how do you deal with that frustration? There's been lots of frustrations around this story with the... Um, with the Catholic high school and just this kind of hand wringing from people who have said, yeah, you know, this is 
patently unfair. But Christian persecution has always been patently unfair. Um, And so the thing for Christians to be aware of, I believe, is as we see this methodology taking root, the fact that the media continued this narrative even after the facts were known shows how bold they are now, how uh, the, the truth and the facts are irrelevant. The narrative continues forward. And for Christians, this narrative has been pushed in the media for quite some time now. Christians are hateful. Christians want to take away people's rights. Uh, Christians are bigoted. Um, you know, those claims have been hurled about, uh, uh, hurled against Christians uh, for, uh, you know, gay people. Uh, even though, uh, again, if anyone would take the time to investigate this, if Christians are telling gay people or anybody else who's living a life of willful sin to repent and believe in Jesus so they can be saved and not go to hell, um, that isn't hateful at all. If, if we as Christians hated other people for their sins, we'd want them to go to hell. The last thing we would do is tell them about Jesus and how to escape God's wrath. But it's out of love that we warn people that God can free them from the bondage of their sin. He can grant them repentance and an obedient, saving faith in Jesus. But that would take an investigation by the media, and that would go against the narrative. So nobody uh, that's propagating that narrative is interested. Uh, because, again, we're in a spiritual warfare. Uh, we're battling spiritual wickedness in high places. So... What is the motivation behind this? The motivation behind this is attack on God's people. And so it doesn't have to make sense. And uh, the enemy has willing participants, his children, uh, the people in the world that hate Christians, that hate God, that hate uh, the salvation that Jesus provides, because they love their sin more. And so none of it has to make sense. And there was always this kind of... um, tempering that went on that the the activists and the media and the god haters couldn't be too outrageous because if it was illogical it just made them look stupid but now that seems to have gone away and even in the face of facts the narratives continue and there's no apologies and the uh, criticisms that were directed at this group of school kids when it turned out that others were actually doing the things that these kids were accused of doing, the attacks didn't turn toward the people who were actually doing these bad things. So logic, rational thought, facts are out the window, and the only thing that matters is narrative. And so now the media and the activists and the God-haters, they almost have free reign to say anything they want to about Christians. And so then how are we going to react? Because that is a wildly frustrating situation where we cannot expect justice. We cannot expect justice. We cannot discuss these issues logically because logic um, is based on fact and fact doesn't matter. Only narrative matters. And the agenda that is trying to be pushed, just like propaganda, just like it was in the Soviet Union. And so Jesus talks about this. He talked about this in the Gospel of John. Um, He said in uh, John chapter 7, verse 7, 
the world cannot hate you, but me it hateth, because I testify of it that the works thereof are evil. That's the problem the world has with Jesus. Um, he has uh, an absolute moral code. Uh, there is no gray area between right and wrong. There's no gray area between the consequences of right and wrong. And that is something people don't want to deal with. And so because um, God's word is very clear on what is evil, and people enjoy evil, and there are consequences for evil, that's why the world hates Jesus and hates what he has to say, because he exposes their evil. And so, as his followers, um, we shouldn't be surprised if this happens. There's another verse um, in John chapter 15, and Jesus talks about this same kind of issue. It's uh, starting in verse, uh, John chapter 15, starting in verse 18. If the world hate you, Ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the, wor the word that I said unto you, The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. So, if Jesus was persecuted, someone who never did anything wrong, who lived his life and died and rose again because he loved the world so much that he was willing to take the world's punishment for sin, if they still persecuted him, we shouldn't be surprised if the world persecutes us because we are not of the world. We are not of the world and we shouldn't try to be of the world. And this unfortunately happened with these Catholic kids before the facts were even known. Their archdiocese and the school they went to um, criticized them. They attacked, for the, attacked them. They apologized for them and they even threatened uh, to expel them from school. And they came out several days later and apologized and said they were bullied. But look how quick they were to appeal to the world. And so, if we were of the world, the world wouldn't give us any trouble. But because we belong to Jesus, because he's pulled us out of the world, then we can expect trouble. And so when these troubles happen, and we're treated unfairly, and there's no logic or rationale behind it, what's going to happen? Are we going to cave to the world and try to garner the world's acceptance? and apologize for being followers of Jesus, like unfortunately the uh, leaders of this diocese did? Or are we going to stand with Jesus, stand on what he said, regardless of what happens, regardless of whether or not we're treated fairly, and um, suffer the persecutions that Jesus' followers have been suffering for two millennia now, and that suffer daily around the world, it's coming to this country. Christians have not had to deal with it to the degree that Christians in other parts of the world have had to deal with it. This is going to be a separating of the wheat and the chaff 
we're going to find out who the real followers of Jesus are. But we need to pray uh, for each other. We need to pray for ourselves that God gives us strength. We need to be strengthened by his word. We need to be reading our Bibles every day, sword of the spirit, so that we're ready for this battle. Uh, in the end, we're going we're gonna to win this battle because we're going to be uh, in heaven with Jesus forever. Um, but there are going to be these incidents uh, where um, we're going to lose. And it's going to be a testing of our faith. Are we going to remain faithful? And we need, we need God's strength. It's only through his spirit that we can be strong enough to withstand these things. So we need to focus on this and we need to not self-censor and we need to not silence ourselves for fear that the world's going to hate us or treat us poorly. Because as long as we make any attempt to stand with Jesus, they are going to hate us, according to Jesus. So um, we better get ready for it, and we better pray for the strength, and we better get used to standing up to this sort of thing, because it's only going to get worse. And it's only through God's strength that we're going to be able to remain faithful and be good and faithful servants of our Lord and Master who saved us. That's all for this week. Be sure and tell all your friends about this. Uh, other people might want to hear about it. Uh, you can also email us with co uh, comments and questions at podcast at jesusforsinners.com. Podcast at jesusforsinners.com. And we'll uh, see you again next time. God bless everybody. Take care. Bye.